Father God, we come before you today, and we welcome you here, and it's really cool to be back. And it's, I just, I just welcome you here this morning, Father. We're all uh, expecting today. So we just want to take this time out of our day and out of our week to just be in your presence, to praise you, and to worship you, Father. I ask that you would just speak to us this morning. Speak to us. And just settle a spirit of peace here today, Father. We, we're longing to hear from you. In Jesus' name.
worship you, Lord Jesus. Bless you.
This morning. I'm going to get up here on the platform. I may, I may stumble and kill myself, but I'm good. <laughs> All right, so I, I told Tracy this morning, I said, just like any other week, you know, no big deal. But I got to say, seeing you, it is a big deal. So good to see you guys. And we love you and we appreciate all of your faithfulness. And you, I know you've been hanging in there and doing this. And so we're going to have a great time of worship this Amen. morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to read a little verse to you, and then uh, we're, going to, we're going to worship. This is in Psalms 59. But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O oh my strength, I will sing praises. For God is my defense, my God of mercy. The Lord, this morning, we proclaim... You are our God. We Hallelujah. proclaim that you are the God of our defense. You are the God of our mercy. Yes. And it's by you, Lord, that we have survived Thank you, all of this. And we will survive. Yes. And we won't just survive, but we're going to come out thriving yes. in the abundant Thank life. You, and we are going to be the light Hallelujah. that you called us to be, Lord. Thank yes. you, Jesus. And this morning, Lord, we will Your worship you. Yes. We will celebrate yes. your goodness. Oh, we will Thank you, call Jesus. on you. Thank you for because you alone are worthy. Yes. You alone are God. Yes. And you alone. God. Our Hallelujah. Redeemer, our, our Savior, Hallelujah. our Healer, yes. our Provider. Yes. You're the great Shepherd, the you one who God. cares for Hallelujah. us, and thank you restore you our souls, God. Lord. We thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you. Lord, receive our praise and worship this morning. Oh, yes. And we will do what the Word of God oh, says. Yes. We will lift our voices. Yes. We will play our musical Hallelujah. instruments. Hallelujah. We will clap our hands. Thank we'll you, raise Jesus. our hands. We will shout to the Lord. Because you, Lord God, are worthy. We thank you, Lord. Come now and have your way this morning. In Jesus' name. And one last thing. Yeah! Let's do it. He is God.
Hail to the living world. Let praise arise, heaven and earth. Sing praise to the land. Seated on the throne, power and strength are yours, O oh Lord. Hail to the King. Hail to the King. Praise you this morning. We worship you, Lord.
Thank you, Father. We bless you. <clears throat> it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Lord, that's our prayer this morning, that we would have more of you, that we would experience more of you, Lord. And all the things that we need in this life, nothing compares with our need of more of you. Lord, this morning, we call on you. I'm so glad, Lord, that you sought us out when we were lost, when we were rebels, when we weren't interested in you or anything about you. You you loved us and you sought us out, Lord. Your love came for us. Your love came for us, Lord. And we couldn't resist your love because it came for us. It just kept coming and kept coming. And, and eventually your love won us over. You won our hearts, Lord. I thank you so much for that. And now, Lord, we we love you, but we want more of you. We want to know you more, Lord. We want to know your heart. We want to hear your voice. We want to feel your, your love as it invades every aspect of our life, every area of our life, as your light shines in and drives out all the darkness in us, Lord. We need more of you. More of you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that that is a prayer that is according to your will because you desire to give yourself more and more to us, Lord. You want to draw near to us. Help us, Lord, not to recoil in fear of the idea of you drawing near to us, Lord. Help us to embrace that. Not to be afraid because of guilt or shame or things in our past, but Lord, we want to just embrace the fact that you love us and you want to draw near. Oh, God, we need you this morning. More of your fullness, more of your nearness, more of you than we've ever known before, Lord. That's our prayer. As we worship you and as we talk about you, we share your word that you, Lord, would impart more and more and more of you into each one of us, Lord. We come this morning with with needs. We come with some uncertainties about the future. We come with uh, maybe some financial issues that are, that are looming. Maybe there's some physical issues looming. Lord, we come to you because we know in you, in you is our help, Lord. We can't do it in our own strength, but in you, Lord, we can do all things through the strength that you give and the great grace that you've done, Lord. You've you provided such a glorious grace to us that will do do and make and change and cause all things to be made right in our lives, Lord. You are making us new in every area. Lord, this morning, lift up Tracy. She's going to have surgery on her foot tomorrow. I pray that you go before her and prepare the way. Lord, that you cause that to, to go well and that that would be the end of all pain in that foot and she would be forever well. Lord, for, for Ted, we ask that you touch him, Lord, that you heal him causes treatments and everything about that to go well, Lord, and that, that he would rise up, put his trust in you like never before, Lord, and that you would bring about a miracle in his life, that you'd preserve him, sustain him, Lord, fill him with hope, and Lord, for everyone else, that there are people, uh, Ingrid's recovering from a broken ankle, Lord, we pray that you cause that to heal and mend correctly, Lord, and for all the others that are sick or have been sick or have pain or issues, Lord, we just ask that you bring healing and health and wholeness. Our trust is in you, Lord. Thank you for the doctors and all that they do, but ultimately our trust is in you. You created our bodies. You 
created it with the ability to heal itself, to take care of itself, to preserve itself. And so, Lord, cause our bodies to rise up. Do the thing that you created to do, Lord. Heal us. Restore and redeem us physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, Lord. That we would live and walk and breathe in the abundant life. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the wonderful time we've had worshiping you this morning, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to come back together again. Thank you for our freedom in this nation, Lord, that we can we can gather and worship you without fear of reprisals from the government or the military or the police, Lord. I thank you that we have freedom to worship you, freedom to call on you, freedom to proclaim the truth of your word. Let this nation rise up be free from all the chaos and the hateful speech and the things that are going on with all the, the different political issues and things. Lord, let us become unified with one goal, to be a people that would honor the Lord God Almighty. Lord, let us return to you as a nation. Remove corruption from our government. Cause your church to rise up and, and turn from our wicked ways and allow you to heal this land, Lord. Shine your light on us, Lord God. Let us rise up and be the people that you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray that truth would come out, that all things would be made clear, Lord, that, that the guilty would be exposed and brought to justice, and those who are innocent would be exonerated, Lord. Heal us of corruption. Heal us of lies and treachery. Heal us, Lord God, because we need you. Only in you, Lord. Help us to continue to uphold this nation in prayer and stand fast in the word that you've spoken over us, Lord, as your people. We thank you for that. Thank you for what you're going to do now this morning. Through the power of your word, Lord, that same word that you spoke and created everything. When you said, let there be light, there was light. God, you did everything with the word. You spoke the word same word set everything in order and the same power that word keeps everything in order today and i thank you for that lord let your word become alive to us today let us receive what you have for us in jesus name amen and amen you can be seated and carlos is going to come and uh share something with us yeah. It is good to see y'all this morning. Uh, first, I want to thank y'all for y'all's support on behalf of Terry and the, the church council. I want to thank y'all for y'all's support here this time. This is uncharted waters. But I just want to ask, did anybody else besides me learn anything during this time? I learned I can live without professional sports. Didn't affect my life at all. I learned I can live without a barber shop. It ain't pretty, but I can do it. <laughs> and I also learned Mitch is the first one to point out that my gray roots are showing all the way to the tip. <laughs> I learned this morning I don't know how to trim a beard very well. I learned that I can live without Mexican food. I will tell you the lights ain't as bright as they used to be and the sky's not as blue, but I can live without it. But I also learned 
that you can welcome God's presence into your living room and you can worship and feel his presence and get a touch from the Lord even in your living room. I learned again that I can walk upright and without fear, even with all the uncertainty and even with all the misinformation, that I serve a God that I can walk without worrying. I also learned that I miss greeting y'all all at the door. I didn't know how much I missed that. I still miss that, Sherry. But the main thing I learned and the thing I am going to carry with me through this and beyond this is I learned I'm never going to take all this for granted again. That I'm going to thank God even in those days when I'm not feeling it. That I'm going to thank God through the storm, through the valley, on the mountaintop. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to take this for granted again because we need this. I also learned that my pastor is chomping at the bits and he's fixing to knock one out of the park. <laughs> pastor, come on up here and we as a congregation are going to pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for this man of God who has led us through this time and who's never wavered and has always been there no matter what. Thank you for the steady hand and for the godly wisdom he's given us. I just ask that you continue to bless him. Bless him, bless him so abundantly that he doesn't even know how to take it. Lord, we just ask that you continue to bless our congregation. And Father, we're all going to meet together again soon. Thank you for the, the freedom to do that in your name. Thank you, Carlos. <laughs> Hallelujah. <sighs> it's good to be here. Bad to be there. No. <laughs> it's okay to be anywhere as long as you're walking with the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any idea how many people would come this morning, and uh, I'm glad to see all of y'all. And for the ones that, that didn't come, um, no one... No one thinks anything about you coming or not coming either way because uh, you got to do what you got to do. And we're, we're all operating within the guidelines that we've been asked to do. And we're also operating in an absence of fear. You know, we're going to do the wise things. We're going to do things that we need to do to comply, but, but we're not afraid. <clears throat> so all this stuff about keeping you separate and everything, that's because we're just trying to be good citizens. It's not because we're afraid. And uh, if you show up in a mask, uh, we're gonna love on you just like we would love on you otherwise. And uh, it's perfectly fine. If you don't wear a mask, that's fine too. I can't hardly wear a mask very well because it makes my glasses fog up. <clears throat> and, and then I stumble on things and you know, I don't like stumbling. So uh, I'm not gonna turn you loose to greet because you can't greet, really, so, uh, but I will do this. How about, how about if you just look around, make eye contact with someone, and smile real big, and we'll call that good, amen? <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
Y'all are uh, are a good bunch of people. I really have missed you. Tracy asked me this morning, she said, well, are you excited to be back? I said, I don't know. It's just, you know. I mean, I've been seeing quite a few of the people at various things. We see them on Thursday night when we've been doing our, our services. And, but I've got to say, being here in person with you, it's different. It's, uh, it really is really special to see everybody again. So um, <clears throat> uh, there's really not a lot of announcements, although there is one thing. This week, Thursday, is the National Day of Prayer. And... I don't know that there's going to be any big, you know, event anywhere, but we are going to get together and pray Thursday evening. So the worship team practices on Thursday. They're going to practice, and, you know, we're going to go next door. Anybody that wants to will come, and we're just going to pray. There's not going to be any program. There's not going to be, you know, uh, you can pray to yourself. You can pray out loud. Uh, we're going to have some literature with some prayer points that we can encourage you with. But it's going to be just a time of prayer for an hour. So let's go from uh, 6.30 to 7.30. that work for everybody? That's what it is. So I uh, hope it works for you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, beyond that, we are going to be meeting <clears throat> on Sundays now unless something changes. And uh, we're not going to do anything on Wednesday nights for a, a while. We're not having Mother's Day out. All the things are kind of on hold with children until, until we have a little bit more relaxation in all these guidelines. And we don't know when that's going to be or exactly what it's going to look like. So <clears throat> just kind of hang with us. We'll tell you when it comes time. We're going to be meeting on Sundays. And now that you, if you came this morning, you kind of know the routine. Next time, you know, you'll come sort of knowing what to expect. Uh, Sandy, you want to say something about cleansing streams? Yes. So if you're involved in cleansing streams, uh, watch for announcements, and Sandy will be getting a hold of you, letting you know. And, uh, <clears throat> and then we'll keep a, an ear open so we can announce in case you'd like to go to the retreat. If you've been before, you can still go to the retreat. Um, so I think, um, I think we're going to really benefit from this, uh, this series that we're going to talk about. And I don't know how long it's going to be. I haven't made up a big, long outline or anything. So we're just going to take it bits and pieces and see where the Lord leads us. I kind of like doing it that way. That way it doesn't make me look like a dummy when I'm trying to do a PowerPoint that I'm not following or something. So we'll just, we'll see where we go. But we're going to talk about wounds in our soul starting out. We're really, what what we're working towards is restoring our soul and renewing our mind and i want to i want to give you some background on on some things and i don't you know i've well i've done a lot of study in, in the last uh, few months and i've uh, i figured out some things that i've always kind of believed i'm not quite so sure about anymore in small areas because <clears throat> there are 
there's a lot of scriptures that, that say things, and one will say soul, and one will say spirit, one will say mind, and one will say heart, and, and those things are sort of interchangeable. Uh, when we talk about our inward man, we're talking about sort of all of that. But I want to talk to you, just give you some scriptures and talk a little bit about the whole idea of, of our inward man so we'd have a kind of an understanding of that. So as we go forward, we're going to be talking about certain scriptures, and it will be really important for you to have an understanding about your body, soul, and spirit and how all that works. <clears throat> and so I'm um, putting a disclaimer out there, I guess, right up front that... Uh, I don't fully understand every bit of this. I don't, uh, I don't think anybody does. There are theologians that have been writing about this for you know, years and years and lots of discussions and debates. And uh, in relation to your body, soul, and spirit, <clears throat> um, you know, in Genesis, the word says that God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. <clears throat> and... He created, well, first of all, he spoke everything else into existence and uh, created all the, the light and the darkness and called it day and night. And then he, he separated the water from the land and he separated the atmosphere from the earth and he created the moon, the stars, and the sun. And all. He did all the things and then he began to create the, the living things, um, plants and trees. And then... He created the animals and the birds and the fish and all that. And then finally he created man. But all those things he created, he spoke them into existence. It says God said, and, and it happened. But with man, it was a little different. And all along the way, God, he would create something and he would see it and he said, it's good. And when he created man, he stepped back and he looked at it and he said, it's very good. We are different. We are created different than the animals and the birds and the, and the fish and the trees. And, and what makes us different is the fact that when God created man, he didn't just speak us into existence, but it says he fashioned or formed man from the dust of the ground. So God was intimately involved in fashioning and making us. And then once, once Adam was made, he was just lying there on the ground, fully formed, his body was formed, but he was not alive. And it says that God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and he became a living soul or a living being. So that is what separates us from all other forms of life, is that God formed us with his hands, and then he breathed the breath of life into us. And so that inward part of us is made up of our soul and spirit. And it's a, you can read a lot of scriptures about soul and spirit, and uh, it's interesting because in the Hebrew, the word for soul is nephesh, and in the Greek, it is suke. And both of those mean life, breath, being vital principle. You know, I mean, that's basically what it means. And then the word for spirit in the Hebrew is ruach, 
And in the Greek, it is pneuma. And it means breath, wind, life, being, vital principle. So it's a little challenging sometimes when you read a verse and it says spirit or soul because they can, they can mean the same thing. There is a distinction, but it's not real clear a lot of times when you just are reading a verse. The distinction um, would be more that your spirit is a part of you that relates to God and your soul would be your basic person. It's your personality. It's you. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's, it's who you are. But your spirit has uh, some of those same qualities. And I'll show you some scriptures that, that show that. That's why it, it's really challenging. I thought I had all this figured out in my mind when I began to study it. Because I, I thought, well, I want to be sure I'm telling the people, right? And the more I study, the more like, well, I, you know, I, I think I'm just going to give you kind of a general thing and let you figure it out from there on your own because I'm not sure I've, I know enough about it, understand enough about it to tell you this is exactly how it is. Now, when you read theology books, they will tell you this is exactly how it is. And when you read commentaries, they'll say, well, you know, there's this school of thought and this school of thought. And so I'll give you a couple of big words that show I went to Bible college. Um, there is, a, there is a, uh, a word called dichotomy, which means there are people that believe man is made up of a body and a soul and spirit that is one. So you have two parts. The soul and spirit is one. And then there is trichotomy, which that would be a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, I fall on the trichotomy side. Uh, for numerous reasons. One would be because God said, let's make man in our own image and our likeness. He's a three-part God, so it makes sense to me that we would be like him in that respect. Also, I believe there's a lot of scripts that indicate soul and spirit are separate, even though they work together. So <clears throat> let's start with uh, the idea when, when God created Adam and Eve and he breathed the breath of life into him, man became a living being, and his spirit, and this is the way it always is, our spirit is how we communicate with God. It is, the, it is the aspect of our inner man that communes with God. And so Adam was created with a spirit that was alive and well. And he, he communed with God. God came down and spoke with him and talked with he and Adam and Eve. Every day God came down in the cool evening and talked with him, hung out with him. Everything was great until they sinned. And when they sinned, God said, the day that you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. And they didn't die physically, but they did die spiritually. And so, when you read uh, over in chapter 5 of Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve had some sons and daughters, and it says that they were in their image and likeness. And so you've got God creating Adam, breathing the breath of life into him, and he had a living soul and spirit within him. His inward man was made up of a soul and spirit. Your soul and spirit, are, they are they're joined some way or another, but I think they can also be, be separated too because 
there's some scriptures that say when you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. It can be really confusing. I can be, uh, I'm kind of analytical sometimes, but sometimes it's just like, it's like, okay, I'm just going to call this good for now because beyond what I understand and know, I don't think I really need to know a lot more because it doesn't really impact your walk with the Lord. And by the way, the dichotomy, trichotomy thing doesn't really impact any of that too much either because if you realize you have an inward man and your inward man needs to be made alive, that's pretty much all you got to know. So I don't want you to get all caught up in all the details, but, but when Adam began to have children and those children were born in his likeness and in his image, he had a spirit man that was not really alive anymore because the day he ate that fruit, his spirit died. And so I used to think that we were born with a dead spirit. You know, we were born dead spiritually. Uh, we have a living soul. We are a living soul. And then, after all this recent studying and thinking I've been doing, it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe our spirit is not really dead. Maybe it's just comatose. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I think that is because your spirit can hear God. How else would we ever get saved if your spirit couldn't hear the voice of God or couldn't be wooed by the Holy Spirit? So we got to a comatose spirit, a living soul, and so we're, we're going about our business, doing our own thing. Spiritually, we're not alive, but we've got our mind, our will, and our emotions. And by the way, you know, we've got a conscience. A conscience is part of our soul and spirit. I don't know, probably more of the soul side of it, but it, it is a basic way of just knowing right from wrong and things that you should or should not do. Now, so when we're talking about renewing our minds, if we're talking about restoring our soul, that is part of what we're talking about. We want our conscience, our conscience to be renewed and restored in the likeness of our Heavenly Father, not in the likeness of Doug Pulliam or whoever your father was. I want to be restored and renewed to be in the likeness of my Heavenly Father. And my conscience should reflect that. So as I, every day as I do things, think about things, speak, listen, talk, touch, do, whatever. My conscience is saying, eh, eh, not, not so much on that. You know, That's part of our inward man, and God uses that. That's, that is part of how we know what's right or wrong. And it becomes more sensitive to the spiritual things as we feed our soul and spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. So our body just houses all the inward parts. So they... Our inward parts are immaterial. They're not, they're not made up of something physical, although, again, you know, in Revelation, they said, I saw the souls of those who had been martyred. Must be something there if you can see them. But it's, it, that's why I'm saying it's, it's really deep. It's pretty confusing. When you read the scriptures, like, well, so it says this, but then what? But it says over here this. Let's just go with this, that your body... It's like a housing and all that other stuff that we're talking about, the soul and the spirit, they reside within you. That, that creates you as a person. That's who you are. And, and the reason that we're talking about all this is because who you are 
has been affected by the things that you've experienced in your life and by what was passed down to you through your, your parents and your grandparents and technically all the way back to Adam. That's, you know, like great, 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 great for about 30 minutes, you know, but it's a long, but that's all been passed down to us. And so my contention is that we're a long ways from where Adam started out when he was created in right standing with God. And we got a, a lot of things, we have a lot of things in our life that are part of us that we accept as normal. And there's a lot of things that we accept as not really okay, but that we just, we excuse it by saying, well, that's just how I am. That's just who I am. That's just me. And I think what God is saying to us is, no, that's who you were, and I've got a whole different plan for you. I am making all things new. When we begin to be born again and walk with the Lord, that's not like the end. That is just the beginning. That is the beginning of a journey. And so as we go forward with this, I'm going to invite you on the journey that I'm on. Come go with me. I'm going to... I'm pursuing the Lord to, to try to find out all the things in me that are not like my Heavenly Father, and all the things in me that need to be changed. And we sing those words in different songs. You know, find the things in me, Lord, that need changing. You know, change my heart, oh God, make it, make it new. And, you know, we sing that all the time, but do we really mean it? Because sometimes you have to look at your life and, and realize that, this is the way I am, not because God created me that way, but because I got a lot of bad stuff in my life that I've, I've experienced or I've inherited or whatever, and I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to be the way God wants me to be. I want to be changed. I want to be renewed and restored. So the Spirit is our end report that relates to God. And all the things that we're going to be talking about, I think we need to remind ourselves pretty regularly that we want to, we want to give the Lord complete rule and reign to feed and, and uh, work in our spirit so that our spirit grows and matures and expresses itself to God the way that it ought to. Our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, we... We can choose, we can say, and I, I encourage y'all to do that a lot. I said, we are going to choose to worship. We are going to choose to enter into God's presence. We, by an act of our will, we say, I am going to do this. I am going to stand up. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to sing, and I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to do that because I choose to as an act of my will, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And maybe my emotions are kind of lagging behind. Maybe I'm not all that excited about it. But I can, with my will, I can say, I am going to do that. And when we begin to do it, then usually our emotions will kind of fall along behind and they'll catch up to our will. If you're waiting on your emotions to lead you, you're going to be in for a wait. Or you're going to be going down the wrong path because your emotions are not very reliable normally. But again, 
as you become renewed and restored, even your emotions can be a way that God can lead you and guide you and work with you. He wants to restore us in all of those ways. So it's, it's an ongoing process that, uh, that the Lord is doing in us. And we're going we're gonna to talk about some scriptures uh, about the soul this morning. And, and like I said, what we're, what we're really working towards is understanding that we have things in our soul that need to be healed and cleansed and removed. And if, if you've gone to cleansing streams, you know that's what that's all about. And we're going we're gonna to approach that and go a little, bit, uh, a little bit further on some things, talk about some things a little differently. But So your soul is, uh, is, it is you and your spirit. You don't really hear this a lot, but you know, your spirit has some of those same qualities as your soul. Um, Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit. That means your spirit has the ability to be humble. And in Galatians 6, Paul said, if anyone messes up, the rest of you, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. So your spirit can be gentle. That might be considered an emotion. Gentleness. It's a fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Or, or uh, one, of the, one of the ways you can interpret that. So love, joy, peace, faith, hope, gentleness, kindness, goodness, humility, all those things. Those are, those are aspects that our spirit man can have and grow in as well as our soul. Because we, we have our mind, our will, and our emotions. We are thinking with our mind. We are choosing with our will. And then our emotions are somewhere in all that, either following or leading or whatever. But the emotions are part of all that. And you hear a lot that... Uh, in Christianity, that you you walk by faith, not by feeling, and some people will you know will just harp on that a lot. That we are not we're not to rely on our emotions. You shouldn't make emotional decisions. You shouldn't do things out of an emotional response. And I, I will agree. You should make decisions out of a choice of your will. You you look at everything, you evaluate everything, and you say okay. I believe this is truth, and I choose to go this way. But, but can I just tell you that God definitely works with our emotions because uh, most of us, when we come to the Lord, we are coming because we realize that we have a need, and when we come and we give ourselves to the Lord, most people experience this great release of a burden. I mean, it's like weight is lifted off your shoulders, and usually there'll be an emotional response. You'll have tears, and you'll, you'll feel different. That's not what saves you, but I'm just telling you, your emotions are part of you, and it's okay as long as you keep all that in balance. You understand that that is not, that is not the driving force of your life. It is just one part of who you are, and it needs to be in balance. Okay, so... <clears throat> We're going to go on now, and I want to read some scriptures to you out of, um, 
So in relation to, uh, by the way, in, in relation to your soul and your spirit, let me, let me just give you a couple of other scriptures right quick. There's, uh, your spirit is, uh, it does have some qualities about it that I want to make, make sure you understand. Ecclesiastes 12 and 6 and 7, it says, Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the well. Basically, those are all ways of saying you better consider this before it's too late because once you're dead, you've already missed the boat. It says, Because then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. So your spirit does go back to God. Now, here's the thing where it gets kind of confusing for me, because if you don't know the Lord and you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. And so you eternally are never going to have a spirit, so you can never, ever be reunited with God because your spirit is the part of you that can relate to God. So your soul is going to be in eternal torment, but your spirit goes back to God. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I interpret that. Like I said, I'm not trying to make a doctrine or a theology. I'm just saying, this, when you read these scriptures, you start thinking about these different things and how that all works. So your soul goes, or your spirit goes back to God who gave it. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit has a will. Your spirit can be willing. Your spirit is saying, man, let's worship God. And your body is saying, oh, not so much right now. I'm tired. I don't want to. You know, my spirit, in the morning sometimes I wake up and my spirit is saying, get up and pray. My body is saying, you know, I mean, I'm doing that Three Stooges snore, you know. Because my flesh is weak. My spirit is willing. My soul is somewhere in between all that saying, uh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. If my soul would get on board with my spirit, then I'd jump out of the bed and I'd be ready to go. Because my soul is the one that drives everything that my body does. Because that is my, my soul is my fleshly appetites. It's all the things. You know, if I'm hungry... My soul is saying, feed me. And if I'm thirsty, my soul is saying, glug, 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 I want something to drink. And if I'm, if I'm angry, my soul is saying, get some vengeance for crying out loud, you know? And, and if I'm upset about something, my soul is saying, man, they did you wrong. You ought to be mad at them. They need to, be, they need to pay for that. So those are all things that my soul is doing, my appetites, my fleshly appetites. And that's what I got to learn to control because those are things that are hurting me spiritually because my spirit is willing, but my flesh, my soul, and my body are holding my spirit back. We need to learn to, to renew those things, like God restore us and renew us. Luke 23, 46, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed out his last. Even Jesus gave his spirit back to God. Just saying. 
Hebrews 12, 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and paid them respect. Shall we not much more be readily in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? The Word of God refers to God as the Father of spirits. Hebrews 12, 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to the God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. So we've got a pretty good indication that our spirits end up with the Lord if you're right with the Lord. Now, I want to read some Psalms to you and talk about your soul. And, and this is important because David, in numerous places, and, and the Psalms and other places, it wasn't necessarily David, but a lot of times in the Psalms it says that my soul was, was uh, crushed, and my soul was wounded, or my soul was, you know, was displeased, or you know, all these things about the soul that were negative. And in David's case, when he says my soul was wounded, or my soul was afflicted, just think about that. The Bible gives us a pretty thorough account of David's life. Never once does it say that he was physically wounded. I mean, he was a warrior, but it never says, I went out and led the people and we won and we came back and all I got was a nick on my arm. You know, he was never wounded in battle that we've been made aware of. And yet he said, I am wounded. I am depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm cast down. Oh, my soul, I'm cast down. I mean, so what I'm trying to tell you is that you can have wounds in your soul. There are things that happen to you in life that wound you, things that happen to you that need to be healed. And they're not all physical things. But some of them can be physical things. Look at Job. You read the book of Job, and over and over again, Job says, Man, my soul is afflicted. My soul is beat down. I am depressed and discouraged and out of, out of sorts. And he had physical things happening to him. He had emotional things happening too. He had it all. He lost loved ones. He lost everything he owned. And he physically was, was assaulted. So Job had plenty of things to have wounds in his soul or things that affected him. And so we all have that. You might not realize it. You might not want to agree that. And, and I know this probably is grading some of your theology, but just, just hear me out. And, and I can show you in Scripture where this, it really is something to consider and something that we need to address. So when you, when you realize that maybe your soul has wounds and you think, well, you know, I went to the altar and I gave my life to Jesus and he forgave me all my sins. You know, I'm not talking about forgiving your sins. I'm talking about the impact of the sins, the impact of the, of the offenses. That, you know, when someone tells you, man, you are stupid, you're ugly, and I don't like you, you can forgive them, but I'm telling you, that leaves a mark on your soul. I mean, that affects you, because then for the rest of your life, when someone says you're stupid or you're ugly, or they say, oh, they're so pretty, or they're so smart. 
boom, it comes right back at you like, oh, man, that no good rotten told me I was, you know. I mean, that's a wound in your soul. So what I, wanna, what I want us to do as we, as we learn about this a little more, I want us just to accept the fact that we've all got some stuff in our life that needs to be healed. We've got some stuff in our life that, that needs to be changed. And as the Lord shows it to you, then deal with it. And, and I'm not saying that you're a sinner. I'm not saying that you're, that you're a bad person. I'm just saying we're not like our Father in heaven in every area, but we want to be. And so when the Lord brings revelation and insight to us about things in our life, things where we've been wounded, things, where we've, things that we have personally done or have been done to us, or maybe things that through our family or our upbringing we experienced, I mean, all those things have an impact on us, and they, they affect our soul. And it is our soul that's affecting. And I think it can probably affect your spirit as well, but it's primarily your soul because it's who you are. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions and your emotions get beat up pretty badly. So in Psalms 25, verse 16, David says, Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain. Forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many. They hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. You, you get a sense when David is, is praying and he's talking to the Lord, he's saying, man, you know, I got problems. And part of my problem is that there are people that hate me. They don't like me. They say bad things about me. And all they say about me is bad. And they would like to see me fail and fall. And he said, my, would you keep my soul? Deliver me. David understood Verses 1 and 2, he says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. He is saying, I'm, I'm lifting up my soul to you because I know my soul is messed up. My soul has got problems, and I want to be healed. I want to be restored. Psalms 23, he restores my soul. He, David had it going on. He understood, I think, this principle that we're talking about. In Psalms 41, verses 3, The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed, I said. Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? That's what his enemies are saying. When's the guy going to just die and I'll be shut of him? When can I just forget about him altogether? And I think probably David, what he was saying is, Lord, people have hated me and said all kinds of bad about me, and I've gotten mad about it, and I've gotten irritated about it, so I've sinned. Would you heal my soul so that I don't walk in unforgiveness, and I don't walk in, in the pain of my sin and unforgiveness? Psalm 6, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, oh Lord, how long? I mean, you, you get a sense of his, his pain. I mean, he's, he's in sorrow and suffering. And he's saying, man, my soul is in trouble. My bones are aching. Now, sometimes when I'm real tired, I feel like my bones are aching. And we use those expressions. But, but I think David, 
His bones weren't really aching. I mean, he was describing the pain of his soul. He was describing the sorrow and the discomfort he was experiencing because of his problems. Chapter 31, I'll be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You've known my soul in adversities. You've not shut me up into the, head of, in the hand of my enemy. You set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I'm in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of mind, I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. He's not painting a real pretty picture. He's saying, I, I got a lot of bad stuff going on in my life. But he says, Lord, heal my soul. Chapter 35 in Psalms. Fierce witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. You ever had somebody do you wrong? You've been kind to them, nothing but kindness to them, and then they just do you wrong in return? That's what he said. He says, they've rewarded me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. My prayer would, not, would return to my own heart. I paced about as though he were my friend or brother, and I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered together. Attackers gathered against me, and I did not know it, and they tore at me and did not cease. With ungodly mockers at feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth. Now, most of us have had people that have treated us badly and said ugly, cruel, mean things to us. Sometimes it's been people that, that we should have been loved by and treated wonderfully by. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we say hurtful things to our, our loved ones or our, our wives or husbands or our parents or children. You know, everybody has has said some things you wished you hadn't said at one time or another. Everybody has lost your temper or you've just said something before you realized it was coming out and it's like, can't take it back. David, you know, he was basically saying, man, I've had, I've had these people, they hate me. They want nothing but evil and bad things to happen to me. He said, I've done good to them. I've, I've prayed for them and I've, I've mourned for their, their brokenness and their loss. I've, I, man, when they were hungry, I've given them food. I've done all the things I should do to help support them. And what do they do? They hate me. No wonder. No wonder David is, is in the messianic line. No wonder Jesus is like David in that regard. Because Jesus came and he said, Giving myself for you, a ransom for many. And what do I get for it in return? You hated me without a cause. 
turn your back on me. Psalms 42, David says, as the, peer, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. Chapter 88, O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles. My life draws near to the grave. I'm counted like those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and who are cut off from your hand. You've laid me in the lowest pit in darkness in the depths, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you've afflicted me with all your waves. You've put away my acquaintances far from me. You've made me an abomination to them. I am shut up, and I cannot get out. My eye wastes away because of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon you. I have stretched out my hands to you. Will you work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Shall your wonders be known in the dark and your righteousness in the land of the forgetfulness? But to you I have cried out, O Lord, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I have been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I suffer your terrors. I am distraught. Having a bad day. I mean, he, he is acknowledging all of his struggles. And, and by the way, can I just suggest to you that there are people listening to this right now that are probably saying something similar to what David just said. He said, from the days of my youth, I've just been looking for a place to die because my life is miserable. I'm, I have been miserable. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm beat down. I don't think it's ever going to get any better. My soul is distressed. And I'm, I'm just waiting for my time because I don't see it ever changing. I don't see it ever being different. I just want to encourage you. There is hope in the Lord because he can heal our soul. He can heal our mind, our will, our emotions. He can raise our spirit up. And he can nourish us and cause us to become alive and restored and renewed in the way that we think about everything. Psalms 119, verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I shall meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. There's one of the keys right there. 
God's Word. Because God's Word gives us the promises that encourage us and tell us that there is hope. You don't have to be beat down and depressed and discouraged from now on because God's Word is alive and powerful and it can change us. In Psalms 142, Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Bring my soul out of prison. I know sometimes when things are going really bad, you feel like you're, it's just like, man, I, I feel like I am in bondage. I'm in prison. There is no hope. I don't see any daylight. I don't see any relief. I don't see anything changing. All I see is doom, despair. What's that, the old uh, hee-haw? Doom, doom, despair. Despair. There it is, despair. Couldn't get the right word. Despair and agony on me. Whoa, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, agony. You know, that, that's all you see. But it doesn't need to be that way. Because there can be hope. We serve a God who says, I am the God of all hope. The God of all hope. If your hope is in anything except God, then you're fooling yourself. Your hope needs to be in the Lord. For I am poor and needy. My heart is wounded within me. I'm gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I'm shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. Having a hard day. Psalms 107, he satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God, despise the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he has brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of the distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. He broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze, cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of the distresses. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Worship team, y'all can come back. And uh, I just... You know, I'm, I'm setting a stage here. We're going we're gonna to be talking about the same type understanding of who God is, who we are, and what he says about us so that we can see ourselves the way that God wants us to see ourselves. Not the same way that you've always been, the same way that maybe you've always thought, because that's the problem that we have is that we think of ourselves in a certain way and we accept that. And when you accept who you are, then basically you're saying, I'm not going to change. When you look at yourself and you say, this is not really the way I should be, 
then you recognize that there is a need for change and you can choose by an act of your will, you can say, I want to change. Yes. And we're going to give you some tools that will help you enact God's promises so you can be changed. I like giving you practical things. Point out a spiritual truth and give you a practical way how to put it in place. And we're going to be talking about that for, for a period of time. The final verse, you know, it's, we've already read it, but it's Psalms 23, 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That whole, that whole chapter, Psalm 23, David is saying, I know who God is, and I know who I am. And I see who he is and who he wants to be, and I see who I am and who I need to be. And I'm going to let him restore my soul, and he's going to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and I'm going to be the man that God created me to be. I'm not going to be the same little shepherd boy. I'm not going to be the same guy that his brothers talked down to. I'm not going to be the same guy that didn't know what was going on. I'm going to be the guy that God has called me to be. Yes. I'm going to be the king. That's what David said. I'm going to be the king because that's who God said I am. And by the way, that's what God says about us, right? We are a kingdom of priests. We are also to be kings and priests under Amen. our God. Amen. Let's worship.
That is where we defeat the devil. When we recognize what Christ has provided on the cross, when he rose from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave. When we recognize that and we celebrate that by praising him as the great I am, the king of all kings, the one who lives and rules and reigns, who was and is and is to come. When we praise that king, then we defeat the devil because he has no power over us because we are acknowledging who God is. And when we acknowledge who God is, we are putting the enemy under our feet just like he is under the feet of Jesus Christ. Lord, reveal yourself to us today so that we would see you as you are. We would hear your voice and hear your word, Lord, as you speak that over us. Tell us who we are in you. We would know that we are a special treasure to you, Lord. You've made a way, a new and a living way for us to walk right into your very presence and experience your goodness, experience your your love and your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace in our time of need, Lord. We can walk into your presence, come before you, praise and thanksgiving and receive the things that we need, Lord. This morning, if you you don't know the Lord, this is the time. This is the time for you to say, I, I want my soul to be healed. I want my soul to be made right. I want to know that my name is written in the book of life, that I'm, I don't have to worry about if I die, where am I going to go, or where am I going to spend eternity. I don't want my spirit going back to God who gave it without me. I want to be there with my spirit. I want to be all in one. It's a one-shot deal. I'm going to be with the Lord. If you don't know that and you're not sure about that, then this is the way and this is the time. Say, Lord, I confess that I need you. I need you. Come, forgive me, cleanse me, live in my heart, be my Lord. I give myself to you. I want to know you and walk with you. I want to know that my name is written in the book of life and that I'm going to be forever yours because I've given my life to you. In Jesus' name. That's as simple as it is. Just give yourself to the Lord. And if you need to be healed, if you need to be changed, if the Lord has given you some revelation or insight about something in you that you're saying, man, I didn't think about it that way, but now that I've heard that, maybe my soul is wounded. Maybe I've got areas in my soul that need to be healed. Again, it's real simple. Just say, Lord, I confess. I've, I've got stuff that's not right in me. I've got areas in my life where I've, I've listened to the wrong voices. I've, I've agreed with the enemy. I've, I've done wrong. I've allowed wrong. I've, I've, I've just agreed with stuff in my life that I shouldn't have. I don't want to be like that anymore. So I submit myself to you. I confess and repent. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me in your blood. Let that dunamis power, that resurrection power come. and Raise me up to newness of life so that I can be healed and whole. I want to be like you, Lord Jesus. I don't want to have anything in me that's not of you. Thank you, Lord, for healing me and giving me life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Lord God, you are on the throne this yes, morning. Hallelujah. Not only in our lives, but you're on the throne over the entire oh, universe. Hallelujah. Lord, you rule and you reign, Thank Lord. You, Jesus. We proclaim your goodness, your glory. Hallelujah. This year, may the glory of the Lord fill the entire earth. That's what we're praying. That's Thank the theme you, for National Day of Prayer. The glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Lord God, pour your spirit out on your people. Cause us to rise up and be your body, filled with light and love and power, Lord, that we would do the things that you called us to do. That we would go about kingdom business with authority and power in you, Lord. And I thank you for that. Let us rise up and be your people. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. And may the Lord fill you with hope. Hope that it's all going to be different in the future. That tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, it's going to be different. Because you're going to be different. Your hope is in the Lord. And you are restored and renewed in the spirit of your mind. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week.